No matter what industry you're in, one thing is for certain. We are in an age of great transformation. As the world and business practices evolve, so much those in leadership positions. Today, Dr. H and I discuss emerging trends in leadership, which are necessary to create healthy, trusting work environments and to lead in a rapidly evolving and complex world. Several leading companies in leadership development have identified at least seven to 10 emerging trends in leadership. Last week, Dr. H, we discussed one of those, the vertical leadership development. Right. Other leadership trends include increased expectations to deliver results faster, Mm -hmm. new knowledge and skill requirements, and planning for economic volatility. Mm -hmm. In a March 31st New York Times article, there was a headline about Delta reversing its course, and, Mm -hmm. and this is big to me. Right. Their, uh, their chief executive officer, Ed Bastian, had to finally come out, reverse course, because of pressure by activists, okay, mm-hmm. for them to take a stand on the new Georgia voting registration law. Right. Okay. So finally he did. He came out and he reversed course calling Georgia's voting law unacceptable. He sent a letter to employees expressing regret for not speaking out against um, the restrictive voting that Mm -hmm. they had implemented. Okay. Now, activism pushed Delta. And it's continuing to press corporations to take a stand. Now, we know that Delta, if I'm correct, one of, they're one of the biggest hubs in Atlanta. Their headquarters was in Atlanta for the right. longest time. I think right. it probably still is. It just moved locations. Mm-hmm. Correct. Now, as we look at unprecedented climate changes, geopolitical instability, increased financial debts, COVID-19, polarization, injustice, racism, and here we are with these controversial voters registration laws. Uh-huh. These are just a few events. They're, they're, they're not coming over time. They're literally colliding yes. and causing rapid change in, in society. Mm-hmm. As we look at the three trends that I just mentioned, what are some things that leaders will need to do to manage under these circumstances as uh, we look at these three trends. Now, remember, I think it was the last conversation we had when we were talking about vertical leadership. I talked about forced transparency mm-hmm. and how leaders are going to be forced to be transparent and deal with things that they otherwise have been burying their heads in the sand on. Yes. And here we are. That's right. Smack dab into force transformation again. Listen, don't make circumstances force you to do something that you should know. And I'm saying should very clearly know better. You should know to step forward and do what's right by humanity. 
I'm reading this article, the New York Times article, and you know, it's talking about how they wanted to, they looked at everything that was in the bill and and getting a full understanding and all this other kind of stuff. I'm trying to understand why you needed to get a full understanding of everything in the bill when you saw a black representative. She is a Georgia congressperson who was knocking on the door to get answers while the governor was signing that bill and she was immediately arrested. She didn't break no laws. That should have told you right there as a leader, this is this is wrong. Something here is wrong. So we're in this space of forced transparency and it's no longer about individuals. It's definitely follow the money. Yeah. And last night you and I talked about this corporations mm-hmm. it's now in the hands of putting pressure on corporations you got to follow the money they need to do what they need to do you have entirely too many large companies in georgia particularly in atlanta mm-hmm. that make billions of dollars annually correct that need to leverage their voice in this situation there's correct. no more sitting back because guess what you employ the people of georgia you employ these people what it, when it's well with them, it's well with you. I'm looking for more than just Delta. I'm looking for Coca-Cola. I'm waiting to hear what they have to say. How dare you sit silently? So well, we're actually, in a time for leaders to yes. step up. And I'm glad that these, um, these, you know, these black leaders, executives, some of them current executives, some of them, you know, um, retired or exec or ex executives of these organizations. We're talking about everything from American Express on to, you know, some really well known companies, not just, you know, something that you've never companies you've never heard of have been really pushing to say, listen, we need corporations to speak out. And I would dare say you don't even have to be in Georgia to be a company to speak out. Speak out and force what's right because Georgia is not the only one passing voter suppression laws. I think there's like some 40 something voter suppression laws, 42, 46 voter suppression laws have been passed um, over the past year in several different states. You gotta, at some point, it can't be, it can't be, oh, you can't be, anti-Trump and not be anti-voter suppression. Here's what, what do I mean by that? During when President Trump was in office, I saw so many, and I'm just gonna be very transparent here, so many white people outraged and they made it their mission. We just gotta get rid of Trump. That, That wasn't enough. That's not, it's not about that. Now those same people are very silent right now. Mm-hmm. I don't see that same outrage about voter suppression so much as you as you were about getting rid of Trump. Where's that same energy? If you I don't see anybody in the leadership community that I follow on Twitter and I'm being very I go I go to these leadership groups and I really don't see a whole lot. They're talking about leaders in their companies and leading organizations leading this. But what about you being a leader of human humanity, human rights? because that's what it boils down to. You can't tell me you're a patriot of this country and you support voter suppression. That's not your, it's not authority and old. Yeah, that's part of that. It's not a function though. Y'all heard me say this before. It's a reflection of your values and who you are. You lead your home, you're a leader. And it sends a message to the global community. Right. of, Of how we stand. 
But it also now, as as leaders in companies, when you sit silently like that, then it makes your customers as well as your employees begin to look at and question whether or not you're going to look at the new knowledge and skills that are required to do a job and and who in the company, okay, are you going to set aside or who in the company are you going to allow to acquire and update their skills? Because technology and applications are emerging. A lot of them emerging quickly. And so as leaders, you got to make sure that what your employees have the skills that's necessary, okay, to be able to use these applications and technologies. Well, if you sit silently on, on um, human causes like mm-hmm. this, then it's going to make your employees question or look at everything you do when it comes down to, well, I'm Asian, I'm black, I'm this. Are they going to allow me to go to class to acquire the skills that I need to continue to do my job? I think so, it also speaks to economic volatility. Am I just yes. a dollar? Am I just a number? Am yes. I just the bottom line to you or am I more than that? Yes. Am I just an agenda item to push so that you can increase your bottom line or am I really a person to you? Yes. Oh, yes. Because you're not taking a proactive stand correct on some issues that are critical to me as an employee and this also is going to affect your board because the board also you know will be looking at what is my company doing what is what what are you going to do about these critical issues because if there if you can't build employee trust if we don't take a stand mm-hmm. it's going to also affect the morale in our com- company it's going to affect trust okay it's going to impact a, no- a lot of things which goes to some other trends in leadership right that are emerging right there's nothing to me there's nothing worse than distrust within an organization absolutely trust absolutely. is it's an it's an essential management tool it has to be established in every sector i don't care whether it's politics i don't care if it's the church i don't care education it's an essential management tool and when trust is is gone mm-hmm. wow morale falters and you also it affects people willingness to work it will affect your bottom line it affects turnover and everything now one of the companies during the pandemic who demonstrated to me a level of trust is Adobe. Mhm. Adobe told their employees during the pandemic we're not going to have any layoffs, okay? They kept their word. Yeah. They found a way during the pandemic to make cuts do whatever they had to do without laying off. They kept their word. Yeah. And so if you what if you say no layoffs, stick to it. Yeah. 
which leads to another trend in leadership, which has to do with the freedom to work how and where you want, okay? Increase adaptivity and greater system optimization. Mm -hmm. Keeping your word and and adaptivity. Again, keeping your word, which is building trust and adaptivity, Mm -hmm. whether it's personal or professional. I sent you uh, just today an email that I got because I... I'm an Uber user, okay? Mm-hmm. The email came from Uber concerning their posture on hate and violence against Asian Americans, okay? Mm-hmm. We're talking about trust, adaptivity. This, this really hit me. At the end of the email, or before that, they were talking about how they were partnering with APPI and, you know, the things that they were doing uh, with their employees to reduce hate crimes and everything like that, right? Right. But at the end of the email, Uber declares, racism has no place on our platform. Correct. If you tolerate racism, delete Uber. That's a big stand. Yes, it okay? is. That's a big stance. Not only is Uber keeping their team and and their board of trustees abreast of their stance, this is what you talk about, not only internally, they're saying to their customers and their partners. Absolutely. Okay? What we are doing within our environment, mm-hmm. within our culture, okay? Yeah to address critical issues in society and basically they're saying if you don't want it okay fine so you and I know and even our listeners that remote work that's a trend mm-hmm. greater system optimization which has to do basically with a healthy work environment. That's just another name for that. We know that they are, this is not new mm-hmm. for organization. Right. But again, the trend now and what's pushing it, in what ways will these things change in the 21st century? That's one thing I, I want uh, you to address. Then let's discuss what challenges where human resource departments incur when management began to request coaching our trends to help the in these emerging trends. Again, this may not be new, but this goes back to the vertical leadership development. We were talking about seeing things differently and making the necessary changes. You know, how are you looking at this? And what can we say to our listeners who own companies or are leaders or emerging about these uh, three trends and some things that they can do? Well, first of all, again, we're in that force transparency. Uh It started last year with the pandemic. Corporations, and I'm specifically talking about corporate America, 
held on, force-fed the lie that remote work doesn't work. Remote work is, is going to be bad for productivity and we're not going to ever get anything done. It's going to hurt the bottom line. We always knew that was a lie. You saw it working in, in other countries. Yes. We just didn't want to embrace it because we like to micromanage. Let's just be real. But mm -hmm. we fed that lie so that we could hold on to that little bit of power and control to micromanage people. And COVID came along and proved that whole lie and shoved it down your face and made you drink that, eat that same lie and proved you wrong. Productivity shot through the roof yes. with remote workers. Yes. So the whole concept of remote working not, not being a thing that's not true. So I think that what we're going to see is a continued trend. And this is something that for years, even cities have been trying to get more companies to embrace to help with traffic issues. So they were trying to do not only, you know, carpooling, but they were like, listen, we will give you incentives to increase telework days. You know, whatever the case may be to keep your workers home on certain days of the week so that we can control the flow of traffic because traffic was getting so bad. So guess what? you have traffic problems you got more emissions more emissions means climate problems you know environment issues so there's been a push for many 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 years for telework and again cities have been providing um, incentives but companies weren't buying it because they didn't see where it was going to hurt help them in the long run and again here we are fast forward Remote work is here to stay. I've been a remote worker for over 10 years. It yes. works. It, it's here to stay. It's, it's not here going to stay. away. It's not going anywhere, so you need to figure that out. The other thing about that, you know, um, so that's that's here. That's here to stay. You, you need to just adapt to that and figure out how you can make that work. I guarantee you that Silicon Valley is still working even though their offices are closed. Yes. So there's a way to be able to do that. Healthy work environments don't always have to be inside your office building. There's a, the reason productivity shot through the roof is because people are home in the, in the sanctity and sanctuary of their home. And that's a healthy work environment. I got peace of mind. Yes. And you've got to now, again, force transparency. Look at your company culture and see that it has not been working. You're forced to now listen to the feedback of behaviors and actions, not just words, to see that all of that was a lie. What we've been telling you about sanctuary and, and, and having a peaceful work environment and, and the culture of the organization is proven that we need a change. So you're going to start seeing more companies look to get help to figure out how to create a new company culture in a virtual world, because that's where we are. That's not going anywhere. Um, that's here to stay, not just in the 21st century. We're going to see that in the 22nd, 23rd and beyond. It's here. Technology has taken over and we knew that, but in a different way. I think that what we need to be looking at is how we can ensure technology does not become a monster in and of itself. We need to find a healthy balance between that because we don't need to take the humanity out of the work that we do. We still need to be engaged with one another as human beings. So trying the challenge, I believe that HR and other organizations are going to find is how to 
continue to infuse humanity while balancing the use of technology and and working in a virtual environment, whether it's telework or, um, you know, even if there are a few people in the office, you're still working virtually with offices across the globe. How do we still infuse humanity and create teams that are legitimate, but also work to really build and help each other? And, um, You've got to look at also that last one before we got into these last three, the previous one, which was trust. Yes. Building trust is huge. And even in a virtual environment, whether it's over the phone, whether it's email, Zoom meetings, building trust is difficult. And it's all about consistency. How consistent are you as a leader? as an organization do my people really trust that i am a person of my word and that for that i'm going to support them so for instance we're talking about um you know in the face of, of the system it's a systemic oppression racism and uh, bias all of these different things it's very difficult to build trust amongst your minority community i was talking to one of my proteges earlier today and she talked about how the company she works for made this. She reminded me, we talked about this a couple of years ago of how they just did this massive restructuring and the people who got laid off were minorities and women. And they were like, we did not think about diversity. We didn't think at all when we, when we that wasn't even a factor when we restructured. So now they had to go back to the drawing board and have a whole, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion board because, you know, they have no LGBT people, no white, you know, white women, um, or or even those were down to a few. Definitely not any black, wow. you know, black people, all black people, all their minority people, women were the people who got laid off. So they had an organization full of white folks, mostly white men. Wow. So. <laughs> Now wow. you're talking about building trust. How can I trust that you got this new DE&I? You got a new di- diversity, equity, inclusion, black woman. She's got great credentials. But how do I, how am I supposed to trust that she really got my best interest at heart? How do I know that you didn't just hire somebody who looks like me, who's touting off their credentials, but really are going, but how do I know she's really going to be about us? Or is she going to get in that room and tap dance and play the game? for you how do i know that as an employee because i don't see nothing different so when it comes to coaching and training and investing in your people it boils down to how can i trust you that you're going to be a person of your word that you really are doing this for me and that i'm not just again a number for your bottom line to push your goals and agenda how do i know you really care about me because let me tell you something The way COVID hit people's lives, people have a new perspective. They want to work for an employer that's not only gonna pay them well, but treat them well. And that means I need to know that I mean more to you than my productivity. I need to know that I'm a human being. So community, what kind of community are you creating? Not only inside this organization, but outside where I live every single day and I'm impacted. What are you doing as a leader to build that trust that 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 I'm that I'm more than that? So I think that when it comes to looking at coaching and training and, you know, 
investing in your people or even them coming to you to invest in them and their growth and development, whether it's getting the technical skills that they need or the leadership skills to be a better employee or whomever. How do I know that I can trust you? What kind, if you don't even have a wellness program where I can get, you know, free counseling, four sessions, five sessions, whatever, twice a year, how do I know you really care about me? How do I know that I can trust that you are, that you really are about what you're saying? So I think that those are the challenges that, you know, HR and leaders are going to be facing as we move into not only this new, this virtual world, increased virtual world, balancing that with humanity, but also building trust. Yes. And see, that example that you gave with your protege this isn't again something new mm-hmm. but it's it's like an oh wow moment because how is it we're here in the 21st century and you are so self-absorbed that you did not even see or think diversity come on you know what kind of company have you been all this time that you're not even thinking about diversity, mm-hmm. okay? Which goes back to something that we discussed in season one about branding. You know, you did a branding, it, it, you spent all this money branding, and then guess what? You had a loss because you did not think. Correct. Your team did not think right. about another culture. So, you know, I don't care how large or how small your company is, you cannot operate in a vacuum. There are things you just cannot ignore. So going back, that's why so many of these trends that seem like they are uh, new, they're still emerging in the sense that they're emerging because they're being highlighted and the issues of the day are highlighting them. Now, again, going back to Adobe, building trust, um, looking at having to work remotely, some of the things that they did to uh, to show their employees that they care. Again, talking about a- adaptivity. They they say, okay, yes, we've got to work remotely. What are some things that we can do uh, to help our employees during this time? Okay? So, during the lockdown, a short way into it, they began to have weekly video series called Take Five. And in this video series, it was to help all team members keep up to date with public, listen to this, health and business updates, okay? Then they went on further. They began to include tips on canned food cookery, okay? Just just some cooking, just something, okay? I think that's great because, because you, you assume that everybody know how to cook, but a lot of people right. know more people right. eat out. I didn't realize people ate out as much as they did. I'm going to be honest right. with you. I thought people cook because I cook. Yes, I thought everybody cooks. if you got no. kids, but these people no. eat out. It, ran, it caused people to cook again, okay? And so 
you know, just saying that, hey, we care about your health. Here's some food tips. Uh, matter of fact, if you don't cook that, we're here's some canned foods, and you, you know, that don't have a much salt, blah, blah, this. It's just, and so you're still creating a healthy environment and an environment that says you care. And these aren't long. They just say these are little clips. So, you know, it only takes a clip to let someone know, oh, you're thinking about me. Mm-hmm. So, again, remote remote working and adapting to a changing environment, okay? Listening and getting employee input, okay, on how we can make things better and do things better and be willing to to optimize, you know, the employee instead of just relying on a certain, again, segment of the population in your company. I agree. Um, I want to say to to your point, I want to talk about Southwest Airlines because even though there was not an opportunity to work remote because obviously they're an airline, mm-hmm. they told their employees not to worry about a paycheck because they had enough in cash reserves to be able to pay their employees for six months into the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they were home getting full salary and benefits. This goes to leadership and how you are, again, optimizing greater system optimization. But this has to do with your ability to be able to not only adapt, but plan for economic volatility. You can't just keep, you know, taking, you know, excuse me, when you have um bonuses and and keep paying yourselves bonuses as executives and not having anything in cash reserves, getting all of these big stock market payouts. That's fantastic. But you didn't have a plan. Southwest had a plan for an emergency situation just like this so that they had enough cash reserves to be able to not only pay their employees for six months to include benefits, but to be able to pay their rent and cover their whole overhead. That's amazing to me. So when it comes to comes to leadership we're talking about trust i can trust if i work for southwest i i knew without a shadow of a doubt i could trust our leaders and that they yes. had my best interest at art and still have my best interest at interest at heart because i got counterparts in the industry that ain't that that don't have that cushion of at least six months and then you know when you get close to that point they, they, they let you know we're, we're looking at some things to figure out how we can at least get you back to work for part-time so that you're not you know, so that by the time you have to fill out unemployment, you ain't got to draw your full, you can do half so that it can stretch out. They figured out different ways to be able to do that. There were some leaders in Europe, some executive CEOs who said, we're not going to take a salary for three months. Yeah. So that our employees could get paid for three months until the government fills up, figures out what they're going to do for the economy. That's leadership. That's and I can that's trust innovation. that you care about me and that we're building relationship and we're doing life together. And that makes me want to keep working with you because I feel also, like I'm more than just a dollar sign in productivity. Innovation. Correct. Because what did we say? Innovation is not just a product. Correct. Innovation is about processes. Correct. So again, these were leaders who were innovative basically creative in their thinking and changing the processes and doing some things and just it, just tweaking it. Some of it was just a little tweak. And it's also funny that, listen, you tell people to have X number of dollars saved up at least what? In the bank so that if you're laid off, you'll have at least two or three months 
worth of uh, funds saved up to pay for your mortgage and your expenses. And here you are, a huge corporation. And you you can't operate like that. Correct. You need a bailout. That's, again, a change that requires a change of mindset. Amen. So you're telling me to change my mindset, but big corporations don't need to. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a question there. And here again, this came to light with COVID, just how unprepared a lot of companies, again, big and small, were not uh, ready to operate in a volatile environment. So, again, here's something. You've done the A-plus leadership and you did a series on that. Mm -hmm. Okay? You believe in the A-plus leadership. I was always told that good leaders should know how to build the strongest team possible, set a clear vision and direction for the company or their project team, and make sure employees are on board in meeting expectations. Right. Okay. COVID-19, again, extreme weather, activism, sustainability, customer satisfaction, supply and demand, Mm -hmm. and people's perception of a leader are putting a demand on this way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this way of thinking is outdated or is this matter of is, or is this just a matter of rethinking the leadership strategies and tactics to accomplish this idea? These are business fundamentals. And when it comes to business fundamentals, they don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's up to you to be innovative and rethink how you implement them. Uh-huh. Life forces you to be transparent again and to deal with some things but it also forces you if you pay attention and listen it also forces you to be proactive what we've seen in the face of covid is how reactive businesses have been they were smoking mirrors covered honey made y'all think that they were really doing the doggone thing and really leading until the rubber met the road And so again, we got companies like Adobe and Southwest who showed you that they've really been about that leading life. They really have been about making sure that they have systems and processes in place to ensure that when there's an emergency, we're gonna still be able to pay our bills and do what we need to do to take care of our employees because we really care about them. They showed you some things. So what we saw become exposed was how reactive businesses have been in the marketplace instead of being proactive you don't never you as a business leader and owner you don't want to be reactive or even as an individual you don't want to be reactive you want to be proactive you want to be on the cutting edge on the forefront so you can ward off what might come your way so it's not that these are out uh, ways of thinking uh, outdated ways of thinking because these are business fundamentals that don't go nowhere they will never go anywhere if you plan on being successful in business. And we're not talking about hustling. We talked about that in season one. Go back and listen to that episode because there's a difference between being in business and hustling. But 
to truly be in business, these are some foundations that you need, but you just got to be creative and innovative to think. And maybe that, and that means building the right team of people. So going back to the conversation with my protege, you can't want to do business with minorities, but you don't have a single minority in a room having a conversation with you about how mm-hmm. this minority business works. You're never mm-hmm. going to get anywhere that way. When we say representation matters, it's not just blackness and, oh, you know, we're just pro-black. And not, no, we, representation matters because we have a voice and we understand each other. And as a white male, your agenda and the way you do business is not the same. So you've got to rethink that old white male way of doing business is not hitting anymore. Nobody's doing that anymore. Nobody's even going to work every day in a three-piece suit wearing black, blue, having a closet full of black, blue, and brown Mm -hmm. and gray. People are stepping out, honey, and they come to work in purple and pink and yellow and orange and all of these other greens. And they might have rainbow bright hair, fruit loop colored hair. What have you to have that personality show through but nobody's doing that old way of doing business anymore. Do the fundamentals work? You need them. But you've yeah. got to be innovative because guess what? The landscape of the marketplace who you are hiring to work with you, not for you, with you, if you want your gen- if you want your vision to come to life, they need to work with you and not for you. There's a difference. You got to shift your mind and build people and have a team of people that's just as diverse as the marketplace because the marketplace is global and it don't look white male. Well, I think also, and I do agree with you, this definition of a good leader goes back to really a basic business fundamental. And business fundamentals regardless of what's happening in society, regardless of what happens, these business fundamentals are not changing. It's, again, the strategies and the management and how you do it is what's changing. And you use two words, proactive and reactive. Mm -hmm. Emerging leadership trends have to deal do with leaders who understand the need to be proactive. Right. Had Delta been proactive, Bingo. they would not have had to be reactive, okay? And it would have brought about a better level of trust. Correct. Okay. In their company as well as with their customers and their partners. Mm -hmm. So today, I encourage you, whether you are a current or emerging leader for a company or your own business, as the world evolves, so much, so much your business practices and your leadership skills. A company that incorporates the priorities and social values of their customers and workforce with profit and efficiency is more likely to thrive than one that does not in the 21st century. So let's get lit and join the movement for corporate sustainability 
for a profitable future for you, your company, and community. Be blessed. Have a great day. See you later. Talk with you next week. Dr. H, love you. Love you more. Bye. Bye.